Thanks, Shana, uh, for reading that passage for us. I also want to take some time to thank uh, ABC for giving me the opportunity to, to speak. Uh, these chapel services have really been a tremendous blessing in my heart and in my life, and uh, I hope that God will use me in a similar way today uh, to be a blessing to you guys. So I've been thinking a lot about excellence in my own life and, and what it really looks like. There is a pressure, I think, to be excellent as a student, and uh, sometimes I do pulpit supply, and to be excellent as a pulpit supply pastor. And as I was thinking about, about what excellent looks, excellence looks like, I thought about Joseph, as particularly Joseph uh, living in Potiphar's house. Whenever I read uh, the passage that Shauna read for us, I, I feel a deep sense of longing, a longing to be like Joseph, a desire for God's hand so, to be so powerfully upon me that I am nothing short of excellent in everything that I do. I imagine what my life would look like if God blessed me with excellence to this degree. When I set out to write a paper for one of my classes, I would get 100% every time. And when I went out hunting, I would always come back with a big buck. And when I led worship team, or when I participated in elders meetings, when I led youth group or did any kind of ministry for that matter, God would enable me to be an incredibly effective minister of the gospel. And just like in Joseph's story, I imagine that the people around me would know that I was touched by God because everything that I did exuded excellence. People would believe in God simply because they could see his power through me. And after reading the passage, I also wonder why this dream of mine isn't a reality. Or why none of the Christians around me demonstrate excellence in everything they do, like Joseph. Now, I definitely know people who are blessed by God in certain areas, but I've never known anyone who was blessed like Joseph, who excelled in everything that they did. I've also never met anyone that was so blessed by God that everything in their household and everything that they owned was blessed as well. Joseph sets a standard, something that, a standard that none of us seem to be capable of obtaining. The story of Joseph implies that the evidence of a truly spirit-filled life is blessing in the form of excellence. And you might say, well, God's hand was on Joseph, so that's why he was successful in everything he did. But as Christians, God's hand isn't only on us, he dwells within us. We should be at least as excellent as Joseph in everything we do because God is with us too. Now, I don't know about you, but I am less than excellent at a lot of things. And so when thinking about that, I realized if we are not meeting Joseph's standard for excellence, then we must not be worthy of being blessed like Joseph was. In the lives of many people in the Bible, there is a correlation between righteousness and excellence. Think, I think of Joshua, who won many victories against foreign enemies while he was leading the Israelites into the promised land. He was successful in military campaign after military campaign as long as he trusted in God and kept sin out of the camp. Or we could look at David who trusted in God and was able to bring down a giant with a single stone when he was only a youth. He grew up into a great leader after God's own heart who 
not only triumphed against the Philistines numerous times in battle, but under his reign, he began an era of prosperity for Israel. Well, we could also look at Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, young men who were identified by Nebuchadnezzar in their youth as being 10 times better than any of the magicians and enchanters in the entire kingdom. Now, these men were willing to be thrown into a burning furnace and into a lion's den rather than defy God's commands. There are many other examples in the Bible as well, where we see a connection between excellence and a close relationship with God. It's a theme that we see time and time again in God's interactions with the Israelites. God tells his people repeatedly, serve me and what? And you will be blessed. So if we aren't experiencing God's blessing of excellence in everything that we do, then we really need to ask ourselves, are we fully dedicated to serving him? When I compare my life to Joseph, I wonder if I have the same level of devotion to God that he had. Joseph's level of dedication to God is pretty tough to beat. He continued to follow God closely through all the difficult trials of his life. Early on in Joseph's story, we read that he was thrown into a cistern by his brothers, only to be pulled out of that cistern so that he could be sold into slavery. His slave traders then took him far from his homeland to Egypt. And through all this, he didn't turn against God, who seemed like he had abandoned him. Joseph experienced a brief period of prosperity until trouble found him once more. His master's wife tried to seduce him, and as a result of rejecting her advances, he wound up in prison. Joseph could have made his life a lot easier by giving in to her incessant requests, but he didn't. Instead, he responds to her by saying, how could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? So despite the difficult circumstances that God led him into, he continued to serve him faithfully in a foreign land. And because of that, he was blessed abundantly in everything he did. Now, when I put myself in Joseph's shoes, I realized that I don't know if I would have continued to serve God faithfully in a foreign land. I probably would have turned against him for several reasons. For letting my brother thrown into, throw me into a well. For letting me be sold into slavery and carried off to Egypt. And for giving me success in my master's house only to have his wife take notice of me. And even when I chose to do the right thing, after all that difficulty, I wind up in a dark, dingy prison for two years. I guess it makes sense that my life isn't blessed with excellence like Joseph's, because I probably don't have the same unconditional love for God that Joseph had. And I don't know if I have, I don't have to go through what Joseph went through to know that I don't have his heart for God, even when things are going well. And God is leading me through a very comfortable time in my life. I still sin against him. I often stand in the way of his will for my life by doing what I want instead. Sin seems to affect every decision that I make. Most of the time, I'd rather serve my own interests than help others. And I also spend a lot of time judging the decisions of others, which I think is evidence of pride and insecurity. But what's amazing to me is that God still called me to serve him, despite my hard heart and my inability. 
God could have chosen someone like Joseph, who is a lot more capable and a lot less broken, but he didn't. He sought me out and has specific tasks for me to accomplish. And not only me, he has called all of us for a specific purpose. 2 Timothy 1.9 says that God called each of us to a holy life so that we could accomplish his purpose on earth. Despite our sinfulness and incompetence, he wants us to be involved in his plan for the world. And he wants us so badly that he was willing to send his son to die so that we could have a relationship with him. We don't have to be the most faithful person in our church or even excellent at everything we do to be used by him. God can use us despite our faults and our failures. I once heard the story of a young man who was preaching for the first time. And if you have done any kind of, of public speaking, you know what it feels like the first time you get up to speak. So this young guy, he, he stood up to preach and he couldn't string an articulate sentence together. He was crippled by fear and had a hard time even reading his notes to the congregation. He tripped over his words and he fumbled through the entire sermon. He dreaded having to shake everyone's hands at the door after the service. But when, he came, when it came to time for him to go to the back, he mustered up his courage. Now, because it was the first time that he was speaking, the congregation was very understanding. They shook his hand kindly and thanked him for his message. And at the end of the line of congregants, a woman came to him with tears in her eyes, exclaiming that God spoke to her through his message. And she was profoundly affected by his authenticity, as well as his ability to persevere by such a difficult message. I, I just think of that. I, I imagine the first time you get up to spoke, speak, and it went so badly that the audience thanked you for, for staying up and not leaving halfway through. Years later, the pastor told me this story and a, a group of us, young adults, to encourage us that we don't have to be excellent to be used by God. And sometimes I, we don't even have to be very good. God uses our brokenness in unforeseen ways so that we don't have to be worried about being perfect. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says that God's power is made perfect in weakness. So even our weak points can be used by God for his glory. When I heard the pastor's story, I was greatly encouraged and have remembered what he said ever since. Up to that point, I had always felt like if my Christian life looked anything less than excellent, I would not be an effective vessel for Christ. If my life wasn't dominated by the presence of God in such a way that only his supernatural ability came through, then I wasn't even fit to be a Christ follower. But I was wrong, obviously. God can use us where we are to accomplish his purposes. He called us now. He didn't call us 10 years or 20 years or 30 years from now when we have it all together, assuming that we ever will. I should say, though, that I do believe that we need to be striving for Joseph's standard of excellence in our Christian lives. We shouldn't depend on God's supernatural intervention. We need to do everything we can to be excellent for Christ's sake. I shared this story, the story of the, the fumbling pastor at a class at Acadia, and my professor responded by saying, but if they were an excellent speaker and delivered God's message clearly, Think of how many more people that God could have spoken to than just that one woman. So God can use our failures and our faults, but 
He desires our first fruits, our best effort when serving him. This past week, I took an assist suicide intervention workshop for Dorothy's uh, suicide uh, prevention intervention course. One of the things that they stress to us at the workshop is that when doing suicide intervention, we don't have to be perfect. We don't always have to say exactly the right thing. We simply need to do the best that we can in the situation to care for the individual and be present with them in their struggle. That doesn't mean that we didn't need to be trained. My instructor saw great value in being prepared for situations of suicide. So she taught us the skills so that we might be excellent interventionists. But she recognized that even with all the training in the world, we still might not say exactly the right thing in the moment. But that shouldn't keep us from trying. To be excellent as a Christian, we don't have to be perfect and we don't have to excel in every area. I think that excellence is the desire to do our best with what God has given us. You might have heard the expression, bloom where you are planted. Now you might feel like you're a dandelion growing in a patch of tulips, but that shouldn't stop you from putting all of your energy into blooming. Serving God to the best of our ability requires that we work hard for him, regardless of how we perceive ourselves and regardless of how we perceive our gifting. Colossians 3.23 says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord and not for human masters. We see this kind of wholehearted service lived out in our passage. Joseph dedicated himself fully to the work of Potiphar's house. He worked hard for his master as if he was working for the heavenly master. Jesus knew, Joseph sorry, knew that God had a purpose for his life. So he did his best wherever he was placed and God blessed him for his effort. And I think that we can learn from Joseph. Wherever God has placed us, we need to do our best to serve him. Joseph didn't get to choose where to serve God. He was restricted to a very specific path. But to some degree, we get to choose where we are planted. We get to choose our career, where we live, and what church we attend. It's all up to us. And if we are serving God with excellence, we need to continually seek his face for where he might be placing us. For most of my life, I thought that I was going to be a scientist. I thought that that was my calling in life. I was passionate about the sciences and I lo loved learning about biology. I went to university with the intention of going into the sciences and to become a researcher in zoology. Along the way, I regularly asked God to tell me if he ever wanted me to go into another discipline. Shortly after I graduated with my BSc in biology, he took me up on my offer and he called me to be a pastor. Now, it would have been very easy for me to miss where God was leading me if I had made my decision about being a scientist years earlier without consulting him for that decision in my life. So wherever we are serving and whatever gifts and abilities we bring to God, we are all called to the same one objective to make Christ known and to spread the gospel. And to do that with excellence, to the best of our ability, we need to be prepared. 1 Peter 3.15 tells us that we are to always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that you have. 
That preparation involves studying God's word, preparing, praying for uh, wisdom from God, as well as asking for opportunities to share the gospel. To live with excellence as a Christian means we are to be prepared to the best of our ability to share the good news. But if you are worried about lacking just the right word, know that God's strength is perfected in your weakness. He will take what you have and he'll multiply it for his glory, just like uh, Jesus multiplying the bread and the fish. Now, I'll admit to you that I still struggle with this idea of excellence in my life. I don't fully know what it looks like to give my all for Christ and to do the best with the gifts that he has given me. For example, if I'm preparing a sermon, does that mean that to do my best, I need to spend every waking moment reading commentaries and refining the message? Can I say that I did my best if I take breaks? And what if I want to spend time with my family in the evenings? And to really strive for excellence as a pastor, do I need to put in 50, 60, or 80 hour work weeks? Should I stay in school for another 10 years to really make sure that I am well prepared for what God has called me to? At a certain point, we simply need to go out into the world and do our best with the gifts that we have been given. Ultimately, excellence comes down to personal conviction. We need to be able to go to bed at night, confident that we did all that we could to further the kingdom. And when we mess up, which we will, or when we procrastinate to do what God has called us to, or when we impede God's will by letting sin get in the way, we can know that God still loves us and that he will continue to use us despite ourselves. Let's pray together as we close this portion of the service. Lord, we thank you for uh, ADC. We thank you for the, the tremendous blessing uh, that uh, this school is on so many people. And uh, thank you, Lord, for giving me the opportunity to share a little bit of what you've been uh, speaking to me about in this chapel service. God, I pray that you would uh, give us a desire to serve you with our best, with our first fruits, Lord. Help us to uh, be used by you going from this place. Give us uh, confidence in our calling give us a direction for where we might be planted, and uh, help us to share the gospel well, Lord. I pray that as these uh, students, as uh, these professors uh, go into the rest of their day, that they'll uh, think about these things, think about how they can be used by you, and uh, strive to be excellent for you, Lord. In your holy name we pray. Amen.